Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today. Hey, here's a question. Are you being intentional with your kids to make sure that they're ready for the real world one day? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a battle. That's a battle. Do you spend your time with them equipping them to be able to fend off the forces of evil when they're ready to enter high school and a college campus one day? Is time flying by? Because it does. But is it flying by with intentional acts of investing spiritually in your kids? Or is it just flying by? That's the question we're going to answer today. Martha and I, it just, we're just we welcome you, don't we, Martha? We sure do. It's welcome, t- welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that, she just made fun of me. She just made fun of me. That was from a long time Way ago. Way back when, four years ago. Welcome, welcome, welcome to I Work For Him. Okay, but it is together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we always tackle your marriage and relationship issues. And today, we're talking about family issues. How do we invest in our kids? And we had a guest last fall, and he said to me, Jim, I'm writing a book on do, and it's going to be titled "Do Your Children Believe?" And I said, Terrence, we have got to bring you back on and talk about that book mm-hmm. when it's all ready to go. So, welcome along with me, Terrence Chapman from FCCI about his book "Do Your Children Believe." Terrence, welcome back to I Work for Him. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back, and uh, what an honor! <laughs> I hope you feel that way at the end of the show. That's what I always tell my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> So, Terrence, as I do with every everybody, I always try to ask a, just a kind of contemplative question about, okay, how's the Lord working in your life? Okay, you're the leader of FCCI, the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. It's an influential force in the fake and the work movement, which is why I know about it. What has the Lord said to you about your role in bringing unity to the body of Christ within that faith and work movement so we can be more effective in bringing Christ to our workplaces? Well, what an important time to be asking that question. And FCCI, the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, you know, that's our heartbeat. It's bringing unity in the spirit is what I call it. And we, we do it through the marketplace. So if you think about uh, what he, he asked us to do, one, make his name known uh, around the world. We do that through the marketplace. Go deeper in your faith, Hebrews 6.1. Uh, we call that spiritual maturity, and, and that's something we do through our business leadership groups here at FCCI. It's really life-on-life discipleship where peer-on-peer CEO, CEO are doing life together, talking about business issues, business challenges. But more importantly, uh, what does God have to say about that? What are those biblical principles that we can apply? And then thirdly, service. Uh, we believe that our community should not be the same if there's an FCCI group functioning there. 
uh, we should be investing internally in the business, but also externally in the community, impacting the community. And, uh, you know, how do we bring reconciliation uh, and reformation uh, at the community level, grassroots levels? And so FCCI is all about uh, unity. It's all about unity in the spirit. It's about making Christ's name known through the marketplace. Okay, but but I'm not sure you answered the well. You didn't answer the question that I wanted you to answer. So now I'm just going to come back. I mean, I love that answer, and I know FCCI is making a big difference. But in 30 seconds or less, what are you? Because we're getting ready to head to a break. What are you doing to work alongside other faith and work movement ministries who don't do what you guys do, so that you guys can be more effective? Oh man, I tell you, so my ears must be going bad today. I didn't hear the question that way. No, we we have several partners that we work with in the marketplace and and throughout and other areas throughout the marketplace. So, for example, in Atlanta, uh, we're working with a couple of uh, community movements, uh, Westside movements, Reform for Life movements. So, various churches, um, community organizations, etc., to uh, serve them. Uh, That's fan- that That's fantastic. Got. Terrence, I didn't mean to hit you so hard with that one, but I've just one of the things that we talk about on I Work for Him so often is just we talk with so many different faith and work movement ministries from all over the country. And one of the things that I see that is really needed, just as Jesus said, hey, listen, they'll know you're my followers because of your unity. And one of the things I see is that we got a lot of ministries out there, but not a lot of them working alongside each other to complement each other. And so that's where I was going with that question. It wasn't meant to be a hammer question, so I apologize if it came across that way. But Oh, that's all right. I love it. I mean, you know, that's an important question, though, and I, and I appreciate the fact that uh, – uh, that you wanted some clarity on that. You know, it's almost like a little thing came across my computer, like fact checker. You know, it's like answer checker. Make sure you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, we're. All... <laughs> That's good. It's very very good. Here, here's what I, here's what I love. You know, you you run this very large organization. It's been impacting the country for decades, and yet you the Lord led your heart to write this book. Do your children believe? Why did you write this book? You know, uh, about a decade ago, my wife and I, we normally take uh, vacation time, and so we had taken a week vacation, and in this vacation time, we just talk about life. We talk about where we've been, where we are today, and and where we're going. It doesn't sound real romantic, but it, it works, right? Um, and so we were reflecting but, back. Wait, on minute, our gloss, you gloss, you, wait a minute, you're gloss over that. But yet that was probably one of the things that smacked me in the forehead the most is the intentionality between you and your bride to really get together one weekend a year at least to really look at where are we going, where have we been, what are we going to do. That's a phenomenal – don't gloss over it. That is a phenomenal example for everybody in the country that you guys actually set aside time to reflect. Yeah, and it changed our life. You know, as we sat down with paper, pen, and prayer, uh, the three Ps is what I call it. We begin mm-hmm. to reflect on life and where we've been and – so during this conversation, our, our kids came up, and they were at that time um, between the ages of 10 and 13 or so. And we were talking about their faith, and, you know, we felt that, yes, they had a personal relationship with God. But, you know, the question was, are they prepared to defend their faith once they leave high school and go off to college? And we looked at one another, we talked a little bit, and we, walked, and we came to the conclusion that, no, they were not prepared to defend their faith after, after high school, we felt. They were not prepared. So she looks at me, and, and I say, you're the spiritual leader at home. You know, so she says, no, you should be the spiritual leader at home. What are you going to do about it? I mean, what am I going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So we had an interesting discussion. 
Well, that put me on a pathway to begin to really think about it. Um, why had I abdicated that responsibility, number one, to my wife and, and, and to the church? And the fact of the matter is I was being successful in what the world would consider successful in business, but I was failing as a spiritual leader of my home. And uh, and she was challenging me in that area. She didn't want that role. She wanted she. I had given her that role or abdicated to her, and so now she had put it right back in front of me. Now on the surface, you know, I, my, you know, I looked good. I was going to church. I was serving in the church. I was doing all the things that most Christians would do. But I was failing as the spiritual leader of my home. And so that brought me to uh, to really a deep uh, time with the Lord and said, Lord. Uh, how do I move forward? And as a result of that, I begin to look at how can I begin to to invest in my children, to really teach them who He is, teach them about what our beliefs are, and and, and why we believe what we believe, and how to um, you know be obedient in, in that walk, and and then how to serve others, and how to share the gospel, and, all, and, and so many other things. And that put us on a pathway uh, to what I call charter spiritual course for our home with me uh, really at the center in, in that process. And how many years ago was that, that fateful meeting when you took pen and paper and, 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 and you put all this together, prayer, pen, and paper, you put all this together and said, okay, I've got to take back the role that God gave me as spiritual leader in the household. How many years ago was that? You know, I want to date it back to the early 2000s. I may not be exact, but I would believe it was either 2004, 2006, somewhere in that time frame. Hmm. That's it, it's a fantastic thing that you and your wife did just to be able to take that breath and go, okay, hey, wow, we need to just look at, at where things are. So, okay, so you know, you wrote, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say it was an eye-opening moment for us, and and to look at the fact that uh, what were we truly teaching our kids? What were we being? We were being a model and an example. I believe we were living that out. They knew who he was. But the idea is, is, as you look at Hebrews six one and things of that nature, saying how do you go deeper in your faith, and also how do you how do you give an answer uh, for the for what you believe in? And we hadn't prepared our kids in that direction. Most parents celebrate uh, when their kids come to know who the Lord is, and just like my parents. But the idea is, how do we go deeper? How do we go further than that? I believe the Lord is saying, you're at the starting line now, but how do you run? And how do you run and persevere? Uh, and the strength of, of my truth and my word. And that's what we had failed to do with our children. The This whole thing started when you and your bride said, hey, let's go away for a weekend and kind of check out. And, and you asked these three questions. Where have we been? Where are we? Where are we going? And, and that conversation transformed your life and your family, didn't it? You know, it sure did. You know, I um, began to really reflect on it and think through it. And, and that took me to God's word. Uh, in fact, I remember quite vividly just really kind of having a thirst for, Lord, how will you use me as, as the spiritual leader of my home uh, to move forward and, and to share his truth with my children? And and it was a just, uh, I just remember, just a sweet moment. I I started started where I think I would encourage everyone uh, to start, and that is in God's Word. And so I, I went through, I uh, opened up the Bible, and I, you know, I've read it from time to time, but this time I wanted to read it from Genesis to Revelation, asking one question per year. The first year I said, God, I want to know who you are. Let's just get it all on the table. I want to know who you are. I want to know what you're about. I know that you're sovereign. I knew all this stuff. But I want to write down exactly. And I took that pen and paper and just just reflected everything I thought he was saying. And, and what would you have me share to my, uh, with my kids? 
The second year I went through Genesis Revelation, but I asked, who is man? Who am I? Show me who I am. And I tell you, it was a heart, it was a crushing moment to know of my depravity. And I think once we all begin to see who we truly are in, in the light of God's truth, we'll do nothing but be humbled and fall on our knees in, in great joy, but also great uh, sacrifice. Because we'll, we'll begin to understand the plumb line uh, that Jesus uh, and who he is and what he's done to reconcile. And we'll fall madly in love with that. The third year was then, Lord, I, okay, I want to know who Christ is. Let's just, I want to go deeper. I want to know who he is. And just I remember reading the Bible with just that one question. And then finally, Lord, how will you use? me. And, uh, you know, I began to put those things into practice, write out a, an intentional written spiritual plan for my home. And what I realized later on, that less than 1% of Christians have a written spiritual plan to be intentional about raising their kids in the Lord. So I was not alone. That's the, no, that's the not, thing that I, I learned. Sure. You're not alone for sure. But I mean, how many sermons have you ever heard that Hey, you Christ followers and your families, you should have a written spiritual plan. I hadn't heard. I'm, of that. I've been and, uh, I've been going to church for fifty <laughs> years. I've never heard a sermon like that. Yeah. You go to a different church because you're from a different part of the country. Have you ever heard that sermon? Yeah, I've, I've never heard it. I heard maybe something close as a life plan uh, for me personally, but never mm -hmm. for my family. And so I started to think about if if there's a life plan for me. Why isn't there a spiritual life plan to be intentional about raising my kids in the Lord, as Ephesians 6, 4 calls us to do? He says, fathers, speaking to me, but he's also speaking to parents, don't exasperate your child, which I was kind of really doing a nice job of. But he said to train and instruct your kids in the Lord. And, and I, I, I looked around and said, how do I do that, right? I mean, I, I, I kind of know some components, but Oh, am I being intentional? What's my vision for my family? What's my what's my family heritage? What does that look like? What's my mission? What's what kind of core values do we have as a family, and so forth and so on? And you know, I didn't have anything in writing, but I had all types of other plans. I had financial plans. I had vacation plans. I I had all types of plans. Well, why not a written plan uh, to okay, intentionally so, raise so my kids in the Lord? Let's step. Let's step back a little bit. So I want to ask a question. As you were working through those different years with those different questions, you said that you then scripted questions to ask your children. What did that look like? How were you asking that of your kids? You know, I, I made it fun for them. Uh, you know, I, I took them out to to Lake Lanier, a local uh, resort here. And I just, the first thing I did was just share my personal testimony. They had never heard the greatest story uh, being told. One, how the mm. father, uh, you know, uh, sought me and looked, at, despite who I was. And so I don't know about you, but if, if you've ever, uh, have you ever told your personal testimony to your kids? And secondly, have you ever heard theirs? It is probably one of the most defining moments of my life. Then secondly, I begin to just ask questions. Um, you know, is there anything uh, about my life, about Jesus, that, uh, you know, we can go deeper in? And so I, I wanted to make it fun. I wanted to make it engaging. Uh, you know, we went out to play putt-putt golf, and we made that fun. And, of course, you know, I, I do have the record that I did win that, that particular tournament. But uh, <laughs> that is I digress. And it's important, right? It's part of the whole spiritual family plan. But, no, the, the, the real issue is, you know, I started asking them about who they think God is. Who, who is man? Who is Christ? Um, what has their personal walk been like? What struggles have they had? What, you know, just on and on. And, and we just had great conversation about life. So the question then, taking it back, so were you and Wanda, were you guys prepared for defending your faith in college, or had you guys not come to Christ yet? 
Boy, we couldn't even spell faith in college. I mean, I, I, <laughs> seriously, I, I had come to faith at the age of 12, and, and I understood enough that I was a sinner and, and that, uh, you know, through uh, faith, my grace, you know, I was saved. I, I kind of knew the basics of kind of Christianity 101, so to speak. But was I def- prepared to defend my college, uh, my, my uh, faith in college? Absolutely not. I'm not even sure if I was prepared to defend my my uh, faith after college. And so uh, I, wanted, I wanted to take it as a personal um, learning uh, for me and a growth for me, a spiritual growth for me. Uh, and this all started in my life a number of years ago when I thought the Lord was calling me out of business into ministry. And what that meant to me at the time was that you sell your business and you go to seminary school or you go to mm-hmm. mission field. But in reality, my life, my business was a mission field. I just didn't see it that way. That's right. Uh, because I truly didn't understand my, my role and my faith and what he was calling me to do. So um, I would just say to all of us, I mean, we've never, you know, we're a product of sanctification. We're a product of growth, ongoing spiritual maturity. Uh, we're never done uh, in learning who Amen. he is and what he's done and so forth. So I'm still on the treadmill, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to learn, you know. But what, here's the one thing I have learned, and I've, and I've taught my kids this the same thing. Continue to point them back to Jesus. Continue to point them back to the cross. Uh, continue to point them to a life of repentance, and you can't go wrong. So when you have those conversations, those very intentional times with your kids, how have they responded? How? What did you see their reaction to that, and what? where did you see that go? Oh, it's transformed our family. It's transformed our our, our, our kids and our relationships. Uh, we had good relationships with marriage, mm-hmm. good relationships with them. But um, I remember coming off of that trip to Lake Lanier, uh, this cabin that we had gone away to, and I began to share those things. Uh, we talked about how do we continue it. And I thought, you know, I'm busy. I'm on a treadmill at work, and I'm, you know, running Coca-Cola and so forth and so on. And I said, hey, why don't we get together once a month and talk about these things? And they turned to me once a month. How about once a week? We need to hmm. talk more often. And so, wow. you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual <laughs> That's leader, something right? you That's didn't really expect. insight, right? And yeah. so I said, well, why don't we, so we settled on every other week. Well, we have, I'm talking deep devotions, deep, not just, you know, the, uh, reading a bit side story or anything like right. that. I'm talking really going deep. And so, um, you know, what started, uh, what, 10, 15 years ago, uh, every other week, Sunday, 8 to 9, we still continue today on five cell phones. Our kids are out of the house today, but we have five cell phones going still every other Sunday, 8 to 9. We're getting a little older, so we moved it up an hour. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine high school, college, uh, young adults on that phone every other Sunday, 8 to 9, talking about uh, Jesus and who he is. And these kids have felt falling madly in love with Jesus. And more importantly, they're sharing the gospel uh, in a way that's impacting people's lives. Uh, it's just been a humbling experience. Well, and your kid's dedication to that hour, you shared a story in the book how one of your kids was directing a play, if I remember correctly, and they, mm-hmm. they put the whole cast on hold and said, I'll be back in an hour. Talk to tell Yeah, you, boy, it's amazing. I mean, this is one I, I didn't think he would take 15 minutes to share. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, he went to Belmont University, which is known for you know business, music, and art, and things like that. And he had been doing very well. Well, He was selected as a producer for the show. And uh, during the rehearsals of this really big event, he says, guys, I need to take about an hour to step away. I need to be on a phone call. And so and so he did. He stepped away. Stop production now. Uh, get this. Stop production. Gets on the phone with us for an hour, hour, 15 minutes, because we never run on time. Uh, but you know, that's another story. And uh, <laughs> 
and he comes back, and his friend says, where have you been? Uh, what was so important about that phone call? He says, you know, every other week my family get together on the phone, and we talk about our life and Jesus and, and how it's impacted us, and we study God's Word. And they were just blown away that he would take the time. First of all, I, I almost fell out of the chair uh-huh. uh, when he told me the story. And I didn't know that to many years later after I asked him, you know, how has this impacted your life? And he told me that story. And he says, Dad, uh, I realized that um, how important not only was this for you, but how important this is for my life, that God has called me to a personal relationship with, with him, not a family. You know, it's part of the family, but it's a personal relationship. And, and I felt and compelled as part of our covenant agreement, which is also part of the plan, that this is important. You know, these kids have said that we want to do this for the rest of our lives. And we want to do, and they are, they understand they are the sixth generation. Uh, and they want to continue with, and, and not only with us, but with their own children. So I just want to encourage everyone that even though you may be a first generation, it starts with you. But if right. you do have a healthy spiritual legacy, uh, your kids are prepared and ready uh, to at least hear what you have to share around your faith as long as you do it in a winsome and loving and attractive way. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could start it with your kids all out of the household? Could you start it now? Because our, our kids are all out of the household. They're 23, 25, and 40. And um, so can you, do you think we could start it now? They're all over the country. They're oh. all over the place. We did devotions as a family, but <laughs> not that kind of intensity you're talking about. Do you think we got a shot at starting it now? Jim, Martha, absolutely so. I've seen it in, in, over, in thousands of churches and hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, even in my own family, I went back, uh, my, my siblings, I went back and, and, uh, and said, guys, let's get together. I want to talk about uh, just some things about our family, our life, and so forth, and our legacy. And, uh, and I even you know, began to do that, and we were all out of the house. And I was in Chicago. They were in, uh, I mean, they were in Chicago. I was in Atlanta and so forth. And we just got together. You know, if, if you're getting together with family reunions or you're getting together as a family of Christmas or Thanksgiving or what have you, you have an opportunity to shape this and form this. And uh, and I believe everyone will be enriched by it. <laughs> now, Terrence, Martha and I are sitting here. We both have been through the teenage years, just like you have. And I can't imagine having this family. And I'm, I'm, I'm loading this question up so you can defeat it whenever you're ready to. But I can't imagine that all those family times, you know, one hour every other week while your kids were teenagers, because you have daughters and sons, right? That's correct. Okay, so there's no way it was, it was 100% drama free. It can't be. Oh, we love drama. <laughs> no, no, no one, yeah, I think we have this, this this idea that it's all nice and it's sweet and everybody's smiling at each other. No, it's uh, boy, we we debate stuff, we throw stuff across the room. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. Uh, but you know, I I just think back that you know we we oftentimes think about discipleship and. And, and discipleship groups and the church and all this other stuff. You know, the Lord has given us an awesome discipleship group. And, and in, that, in that group, think about it. We're talking about the issues uh, of life and perspective in terms of God's truth to bring that to light. And, you know, there's times, there's, there's things we talked about, boy, I wish I'd never heard of. <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about it. But what we found is... Wait a minute. We what do you, what do you mean? Everybody's going... Everybody's wanting to know, okay, what, what, what are the things that you talked about you want to talk about? You mean when the kids want to actually talk about sex and want to talk about relationships, oh, things man, like I that? Tell you. you know, I don't want to talk about any sex. I mean, especially with the girls, you know. But, you know, here's the idea. Uh, it helps us to become more transparent. 
more open, more authentic. And, and of course, you know, we're going to think about, but I, I tell you, there's even times when maybe there was some family dispute over a situation, and I found my kids being, uh, being the ones that was bringing reconciliation uh, into the home more so than us. And so we, of course, we, we're going to face challenges. Uh, this, this road is not all even. It's, it's bumpy. It's hilly. It's, it's got water, potholes, all types of stuff. Uh, but what I do realize is that I know my kids in a deeper way uh, than I ever have before. Mm-hmm. So how did your kids do in college defending their faith? You know, I, I think, um, I think they, they shared a strong testimony. I think they, uh, they, they lived this life. Uh, of course, they fell short. But I think what people saw in them uh, was a Christian, uh, a, a true uh, a person who, who was a sinner, uh, who lived at the cross, who repented for their sins. I, do I think they were perfect kids, and do I think we have a perfect family? Boy, don't get that from this. Uh, get that, that, that we're human, and uh, we're going to fall short uh, of his glory, of his truth. Uh, but they understood uh, the Word of God. They understood that they would live a life of repentance. They understood that uh, we could talk about those issues when they did fall short and, uh, and, and, and when to go deep. And I just look at their life. I look at their, their Christian walk in college. And I look at uh, the fact, I mean, my daughter, uh, who's engaged to be married, my youngest now, two are married and my oldest daughter and son are married. My youngest will be married February 18th. Wow, um, that's right around the corner. Right around the corner. And, and, and I can say this in, in, in just, just great uh, humble pride. You know, when she walks down, down that aisle in a white dress, uh, she will truly be presenting herself uh, in purity to her husband-to-be. Uh, for a father... Uh, to realize her walk and what she's done and how she's lived her life. And, and all of her close friends, uh, five or six of all of her bride maids that will walk down that aisle with her uh, with that same type of purity. I don't know about you, but for me as a dad, um, it's, it's, just, it's a gift, it's a blessing. Now, I'm not saying that, um, you know, because of that, it's, I'm just saying that she honored and, and and she understood that it was to glorify the Father, not glorify me and Wanda, uh, my wife. She was there to, and, and the lesson I had to learn is to, you know, they they looked up to me and Mom. They looked up to us, and we said, no, don't look up to us. We're going to fall short. We're going to fail you in some way, but the Father never will. He's always with you. He's always present, and he'll never fail. He may not give you what you want or what you think you want. But he'll always be there for you. And that's what, that's what we wanted to point them is back to him, not back to us in the world. We're talking today with Terrence Chapman about his book, Do Your Children Believe? And you're going, okay, it's, it's together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. We always talk about marriage and relationship issues. But your marriage, what's it there for? God gave us a marriage to be a light to the world, to be a light to our community, and to be a light to our kids, to pass on our spiritual heritage. And that's why it's so important that we do it with intentionality. And that's what Terrence wrote this book about. I'd like to thank Barbara for listening to I Work For Him and for calling in from Largo. She won the book. And maybe you're listening to a rebroadcast of I Work 
support for him on many different places, including Red Nation Rising, you can always email us, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iwork, the number four, him.com, and we will send you a copy of the book. Just let us know you want it via email. So, Terrence, the, the question then goes back to you had a nice section in there where you dealt with spiritual heritage, and you dealt with the own heritage in your life. Talk about how that impacted you and your kids when they heard the spiritual heritage in the family. Well, yeah, I learned something as well. I, I, you know, I was thinking back through, and I just wanted to kind of share, you know, like often in business, you go and look at reality, look at what is, right? You look at the past, history, trends, and so forth. So I wanted to look at that from a spiritual heritage. Uh, we we all often track genealogy, for example, who's in our family, who made up our family, and so forth. I wanted to look at our spiritual walk uh, as a family. Um, and, and so when I look back, I have a genealogist in my family, and, and that's my aunt. Uh, and my aunt had been tracking this for about 20 years. And so I went back and I said, you know, can you share some findings? And and so she had tracked it back to 1824. I believe it was my great-great-great-grandmother. And, uh, and she began to tell me stories. But one of the things that we found that was just so golden was a Bible of my great-great-great-grandmother. And she was praying for the men in the family. See, the women had a spirit, strong spiritual walk from what we can tell from her Bible notes. But the men, the early uh, men was was struggling in their faith. My great great grandfather came to faith, and as a result, we saw a significant shift in our family. So I was able to tell the story of their great great grandfather, their grandfather who I knew and 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 lived, you know, spent time with. Their, I was fortunate to know, and and my obviously their grandfather, my father, and so forth. Uh, we were able to share. They knew him and, and lived life with him. But I was able to share with them the walk of the Chapman family, the walk of, of folks who have gone before them, and the significance of that, the, the, where they failed and where they, and where they succeeded, where they followed Jesus, where they didn't follow Jesus, just their walk in life. And, and it was able to just reflect on that and share that history. It was just a rich time uh, to share that and then share my personal testimony and then challenge them. In this case, they were the uh, sixth generation uh, that would carry forth the faith in our family. And wow. so I, I challenged them as this is their responsibility to continue it. And and uh, and then I just pointed them to a scenario that just one generation after Joshua died, if you look at Judges 2.10, an entire nation fell away from the Lord and, and all the practices that, that Joshua had done and taught them. And I said, listen... Our challenge is that, that it doesn't fall short on your watch. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you bring up such a great point because so many people forget to actually share the legacy stories with their kids. We know it amongst our generation, and but we don't always articulate it to the next one. So I love being very intentional about that. So when you're talking to families that have kids in all different age groups, how can you build a spiritual family plan that fits everybody? Yeah, we have, as one of the tools in there, we have what they call an age and stage goal setting. So obviously you're going to bring the gospel different to a 16-year-old than you are a 3-year-old, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we give examples how to share uh, God's word with a 3-year-old 
obviously differently than you would do it with a 16-year-old. And uh, we also uh, talk about different resources that are available um, uh, to, uh, you know, at different age groups. So we talk about age and stage, life uh, stage planning, and how to generate uh, conversations at every age level. And not just age in terms of years, but spiritual maturity as well. Uh, we found that uh, you know just because they're a younger age doesn't mean they're they're less spiritually mature than someone older. Uh, in fact, and you know we've seen a lot of cases where the younger child may be more spiritually mature than an older child, uh, but yet we we look at it from an age and stage of maturity that we share the gospel in a different way and a different experience. You know when when I you know read your book, one of the things that I what I kept looking for is, okay, but you didn't share your exact spiritual family plan. And I know what you said in the book is like, you don't want everybody just to copy yours. You want everybody to be original. But I thought on the air, because nobody's going to write it as fast as you say it, I thought it would be really great if, if you would share some of the pieces. Yeah, I, I got you. That's right. Um, I read the book. I, I read it from cover to cover. I, you're I, you're I the one that read it. Uh, no, no, no. After today, there's gonna, Barbara and Largo's for sure going to read it too. So, But the question is, what did yours look like? Like, what were some of the pieces that were keys to your family spiritual plan? Yeah, so that was a, these are components. One, I had a generational history piece and talked about the family history and, and genealogy. The second piece, I talked about our core values. We we really uh, looked at our core values. What we truly believe is what I call non-negotiable. Uh, not just important. And so we looked at that, uh, studying the Word of God, for example. Okay. Studying the Word of God, prayer, spending time together on a regular basis, uh, these devotional times. Uh, mm-hmm. Each year we would get together as a family as part of our covenant agreement that we had. And, you know, and, and also things like education was important to our family. I, I grew up with a grandfather who, who dropped out in second grade because he had to go and work for the family. But yet, at uh, 50-some years old, he didn't take the GED. He went the classes to get his high school diploma. He went all the way from elementary to, to middle school to, um, to to high school to get his wow. uh, high school diploma. And the reason that he did that, when I asked him, Granddad, what are you doing? Said, Why don't you just take the GED and get it over? Now, remember, he was a he worked on airplanes. He was a major engineer for an airplane, United Airlines. But yet, uh, what, what he told me was, Terrence, education is, was so important and so critical for our family that I want to demonstrate to the family the significance of the value of getting a a great education, and that's why I wanted to sit and you guys watch me as I mm-hmm. as I secure my high school diploma and walk across the stage. He says I don't need a diploma, obviously, to do what I'm doing, uh, but yet I wanted you guys to see the importance of an education because I grew up at a time where you know my great my grandfather, my great grandfather didn't have the same opportunities as I did. So those are the type of examples I wanted to share with them. It's not just spiritual examples; it's core values that we have as a family that made that has made us who we are you know work ethic education you know uh, really loving others as as my mom say love them more than they hate you even you know just love on people and so those core values are important pieces then i shared a vision uh that i have for the family and and i think the father must own that vision they must be clear as to the direction they're taking that family and what and what the lord word is saying a mission statement what does that look like? How do you achieve the vision, which is what a mission statement is? Uh, and then, like anything, I'm results-oriented, right? So I had to have goals. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> and and I had three types of goals, what I call connect goals, commission commitment goals and commission goals. All right. Wait, connect wait, goals. Wait, 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 you got you jump away. We're going to take you back and see I love this. You, I, I, <laughs> well, we I, want people to read the book. We, we want people to read the book, but I want people to hear more of your story. So when you said you set up a vision for the family, what did your vision look like? Yeah, so this, this, this model was unity in the spirit is our aim. Generations upon generations, knowing who Christ is and having great delight in a life of prayer, worship, and learning who God is and what he has done. See, you thought you had me. I remember this stuff because I had no, to teach no. them to do it, right? That's no matter what we do, we are one and uh, one in spirit. So that's our vision statement. I wanted to see generations upon generations knowing who Christ is and having great delight in this process. And, and, and that's so our what I wanted to be come back and we'll get your mission statement but that's what i want people to hear because it's so powerful because your kids bought into that vision they still are buying into that vision today and that's what's so unbelievable it's so fantastic we're talking today with terrence chapman about his book do your children believe who wanted to leave a spiritual legacy intentionally with his children and he studied the word to see how to do it and he wrote this book do your children believe and you can get a copy of that book. Terrence, tell people how they can get a copy of your book, because I know it gets released next week, right? Absolutely. They can go to doyourchildrenbelieve.com, and there are several options on how they can order it. And uh, uh, it's available for pre-sale right now, and, uh, so we're taking orders, and they'll get the shipment effective February 7th, but they can order today. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so I interrupted you again, but I just but but I had to go to break. But it's what you were you were you were talking about all the different stages you wanted to go through. But I wanted people to really hear your heart because I know because of how your kids have turned out, your kids bought into this spiritual family plan. They they bought into it because they saw dad living it out. And it wasn't just words on a piece of paper. It was piece. It was words that you were putting into action for you and Wanda every day in your household. I mean, it really made an impact in your kids. They're different today than they ever would have been. Isn't that true? Well, not only are they different, but we're different. The way we think about parenting is different. You know, the vision that I wanted them to see is the same vision I wanted every family in the world to see and every parent in the world to see is that uh, what really matters, uh, and we simplify even our vision statements, I just want our kids to fall madly in love with who he is and what he's done. And, and, and I, I just wanted to find ways to demonstrate uh, his faithfulness, his truthfulness, um, and uh, his love for us. And so, you know, I, I just wanted them to, to understand and know that the life we were seeking were more, is more inter- eternal than just temporal, and how, that, how big, and we should have great delight. How big of an intentionality step did you take in limiting exposure to television or the internet as your kids are growing up, in order to be able to make sure you were the one impacting their lives instead of the media? You know, I didn't. I, I, I one, we're part of this world. We have to live in this world. We have to look at this world, and evaluate this world, and and uh, the truths of this world. And I think they are actually excellent examples of of uh, the truth in this world is an excellent example against those things that are true in some cases. So why not show them both the light and darkness? Because the light shines brighter in dark, darkness. Than, but if you don't understand the darkness, how can you ever de- defend against it or even share and, and understand against it? So I, I don't shelter. Uh, my position is not to shelter my, my children. My position is to expose them to God's truth and reality 
and and for them to evaluate the world based on those truths, not trying to shelter them in, in some foxhole that they're not hearing and seeing what, what this opposite of truth is. Hmm. Got it. That's great. So prayer. How did prayer, first of all, between you and Wanda, and then prayer as a family, how big, we got just a minute left, how big was prayer as part of this process? I believe prayer is the lifeblood of everything we do. Uh, prayer, God's word, and worship. Uh, so those are disciplines that he provides, he gives us for a reason. This is, a, this is where we have uh, direct access to the Father. We can pick up the phone, if you will, any day of the week, time of day, and say, Father, here I am. And listen to them, and listen, and also share. Prayer, in my opinion, is the lifeblood of this plan and uh, this planning process, oh, along with I, God's word. I, I love that, and I'm sure your marriage today is ex- has been extremely uh, impacted because of prayer. And, and I'm, I'm sure you've had the opportunity to be a light to your community because of all of that. Tell our audience one more time, Terrence, how they can get your book online. DoYourChildrenBelieve.com is the uh, location, and they can find it pretty much on every uh, bookstore, website, Amazon, etc. It's got pretty wide distribution through Thomas Nelson, so DoYourChildrenBelieve.com. Terrence Chapman, thanks so much for being here on I Work For Him with us. Thanks for sharing your family's spiritual legacy, and thanks for encouraging thousands, if not tens of thousands of families out there to leave an intentional spiritual legacy. Terrence, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I Thank appreciate you. the opportunity. You bet. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I really want to challenge you. Go out and get a copy of this book, just like Patty just called in from Crystal Beach to get a copy. We can get more copies of this book for you. You can email us, jim at iworkforhim.com. But get a copy yourself. Doyourchildrenbelieve.com is the website. We need to live with intentionality in our households and leading our kids to know and love Jesus. And they're going to see it in our lives. It doesn't just happen through osmosis. We need to do it with intentionality. And it takes time. And it takes sacrifice. And it takes effort. But in the long run, your kids will be amazing because of it. You've been listening to Higher Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. We figured out that our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.